Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I am Chris Enroth, horticulture educator with University of Illinois Extension, coming at you from Macomb, Illinois, and we have got another garden bite for you this week. Now, here in central Illinois in the 2023, uh, we have had quite the drought and uh, storms have started to roll through and kind of took us by surprise because I think we just sort of forgot what it was like when a thunderstorm comes through. But we've had some pretty nasty ones recently. So uh, let's cover what to do when our trees are damaged in a windstorm. Now, it is heartbreaking to see the results of natural disasters and when it affects entire communities or when the storm hits your home. And as a horticulture educator, I am often asked in the aftermath of a weather-related disaster, how do we fix our landscape? Now, this might seem like a trivial question in such times, say, as when a community is recovering from a tornado, but each time a person may step outside their home and is greeted by a ravaged landscape, it is a consistent reminder of that disaster that has occurred. Weather-related disasters create so much upheaval in people's lives that any opportunity to bring some equilibrium or you know, how things used to be is vital to our morale. While I am not advocating that upon leaving the storm shelter, you immediately pick up a shovel and start planting trees, the question of what to do to remediate the landscape will come up eventually. So what can you do to protect your valued landscape trees and shrubs when we find ourselves amid, amidst severe weather? And what does it take to make our landscapes more resilient? Now, having lived in both Kansas and Illinois, I am no stranger to the damaging effects of high winds. Wind damage, it comes in multiple forms here in the Midwest. We experience, uh, for instance, the remnants of hurricanes. We have a regular thunderstorm. Every once in a while, we experience a sheer or straight line wind. And of course, we do have our tornadoes. Now, obviously, during an outbreak of strong winds or tornadoes, the best course of action is to protect you first. After the storm has passed, it is time to evaluate your property for those items which may pose a danger to you and others. Avoid areas with downed power lines. Do not emphasize the not here. Do not try to remove any limbs or debris from power lines. Anything that at all involves a power line is a job for the power company. Next, ensure that large shade trees are stable and that there are no hanging limbs in the trees. Hanging limbs pose an uh, unforeseen danger. As individuals, as they're surveying the damage, they think they're safe until a gust of wind blows broken limbs out of a tree. Hire a certified arborist to remove hanging and damaged limbs that are stuck up in the canopy. And you can find a list of certified arborists by going to treesaregood.org and search via your zip code. Now I'll leave a link to that below in the description. Now, it is advisable to have an arborist evaluate your landscape trees. Now, this is important for preventing damage during a future disaster. Now, when you are speaking with a certified arborist uh, and you're looking at a storm damage tree, here are some good questions that you might want to pose. Despite the storm damage, is the tree healthy with good growth? Did the trunk experience any significant damage? Now, this is important because the vascular tissue of a tree resides right behind the bark. And if this critical tissue is severed, a tree cannot move water and nutrients through its system, both in the canopy and down to its roots. Next question, are major limbs broken? The larger the lost limb, the harder it will be for that tree to seal off that wound. It takes more energy to do. 
and takes more time and more opportunity for rot. Our next question, is the tree desirable or is it prone to problems? Uh, say like an ash tree. If a uh, storm damages an ash tree, takes out half the canopy, well, ash trees in our neck of the woods are prone to emerald ash borer, and that might eliminate two problems there at once. So sometimes storms present opportunities to replace a problem tree. And final question, is the overall shape of the tree still intact? For instance, if a white pine loses that central leader, that tree is going to lose that, that pyramidal Christmas tree shape actually will become a hazard for future storms. So when it comes to identifying qualified professionals, don't get scammed. Following large disasters, many fly-by-night tree trimmers arrive with little experience in proper tree care. However, many good Samaritan arborists do travel to disaster-stricken areas to aid in recovery efforts. Now here are some guidelines to distinguish the qualifications of a professional arborist. First one, determine what business they are associated with. For those arborists coming from out of town, inquire where they are from, and then check online for their local listings if their company is listed, typically under tree services. Next, ask to see a current certificate of insurance showing they are fully insured for property damage, personal liability, and workers' compensation. Every arborist or tree trimmer should have this in their glove box. Finally, ask about professional associations. Is anyone on staff with their company a member of the International Society of Arboriculture, or ISA, the National Arborist Association, or NAA, the Illinois Arborist Association, the IAA, or the American Society of Consulting Arborists, the ASCA? These are all professional associations that if you have a, a reputable company, hopefully someone on staff there is a member of one of these. Now, let's say you are out in your yard and you are removing landscape debris with a chainsaw. Remember these three important items. One, wear proper safety gear. This means gloves, chaps, ear protection, and a helmet with a face shield. Two, never cut anything that is above your waist. I know it's very tempting, but avoid that at all costs. And three, your feet should never leave the ground when using a chainsaw. This means no ladders. Yes, yes, I know you've probably seen people in bucket trucks and suspended on ropes and things like that on YouTube or uh, maybe driving by, but they are professionals, they are trained, and they're insured <laughs> to do this. Uh, most homeowners are not. Now, right here, I'm going to just throw in a big cautionary statement. Um, those top three things, that is not a list of, of everything you knew, know, need to know to operate a chainsaw. There are many more items that are necessary to know when you are using a chainsaw. Make sure you read your equipment operator's manual and seek help from qualified professionals. And I will say chainsaws is probably one of the most dangerous tools that you can just go pick up off the shelf, bring it home, and use it without any training or anything at all. So please be careful when using them. Now let's talk about preparing for next time, the next disaster. And the best way to do this is to get your trees evaluated by a certified arborist regularly. That's the first step to prepare for that future disaster. A certified arborist can guide you on which trees should be removed, your tree's health, and proper pruning of your trees. 
Get in the habit of having the arborist make routine visits to monitor the health of your trees, like going to the doctor every year. Ask questions to educate yourself on what they are observing in your trees. And these routine visits are really useful because when there is a disaster that happens, most of these arborists, they are going to be slammed with people calling them to remove trees. And so they're going to be very busy for the next couple of weeks. So those routine visits in the, for the past, they, they're familiar with your trees and they might have prepared them so that they can withstand some of the things that other people's trees couldn't. One technique to do this is by thinning the tree's canopies, which can reduce a tree's wind load, and that makes it act less like a sail during high winds. Thinning the canopy is not tree topping. We have to distinguish this is not tree topping. We are not telling you to go top your trees. It is never advisable to top your trees, even though there are some landscape companies that still practice this nasty habit. Topping your tree activates latent buds along the limbs that are left behind, and these buds become the new branches. And they have a very weak attachment to the tree itself. So this sets up the homeowner to be in even worse shape than, the, than before if the tree is topped. I often get questions about cabling and bracing, and I would just say that if a tree must be cabled or braced to support a damaged portion, it is best to have a certified arborist perform this task. There are certain and particular ways to drive those bolts or to attach those cables that will help that tree because trees need to move. And something like a, a brace, you know, like a metal rod running through a tree, those rods, they don't flex like a tree needs to flex to withstand and, and, and those wind loads. So it's important to have a certified arborist look at that and perform that task of cabling or bracing. Now, sometimes a weather-related disaster gives us a blank slate in the yard, and maybe we have to replace a downed tree, starting over from scratch. When planting for the future, select tree species that can withstand wind loads common in your area. Now, there are some very popular landscape trees to avoid, such as ornamental pear tree. Now, ornamental pear tree, it is notorious for being weak wooded, yet the garden centers still sell this tree by the semi-truck load. If you have any questions about what trees might be suitable for your area, contact your local Illinois Extension office. And again, I will leave a link below to a, a listing of uh, Illinois Extension offices by county in the show notes. It is also important to select tree species that are conducive to the planting site. Yes, that five-foot maple is cute, nestled near the house. But what happens when that tree hits 30 feet tall with more to go and its roots are being constricted by your foundation and patio? Now you have a poorly established tree that is not anchored well enough to withstand the increasing wind loads it is facing and is planted right up against your house. Also, avoid construction damage to the tree's root system. Do you really need that retaining wall six feet away from the trunk of your mature oak? Roots that are severed or compacted by construction activities will stress out a tree and make it less resilient to extreme weather events such as strong wind. It is best to restrict any construction activities under the canopy of the tree. Now, this is the critical area of the tree's support and feeder roots. However, Remember, a tree's roots usually extend well beyond the canopy. Truly, it is best to give a mature tree as much room as you can. 
Construction damage may not become apparent as much as six years later as it manifests up in the canopy and you start to see limb loss. And that is a direct, a direct relationship to that, those roots lost in that construction. In short, there are preventative actions that can be taken to make your landscape more resilient to disasters. Of course, disasters vary by time and place and little can be done when facing an F5 tornado, but we can always rebuild our landscapes to be resilient and sustainable for us and future generations. Well, that was a lot of great information about what to do when your trees are damaged in a windstorm and making them more resilient to natural disasters. The Good Growing Podcast is a production of University of Illinois Extension, edited this week by me, Chris Enroth. A special thanks to you listeners for doing what you do best, and that is listening. And as always, keep on growing.